Hey everybody, this is Devin Boker, and this is The Wildlife. Well, sort of. This is the uh, the shorter version, the short episodes. We are kind of in the mid-season break for Season 2, and while we work on the second half of Season 2, which, by the way, we are incredibly excited to share with you, um, we, you know, don't want to leave you hanging or anything, so we figured, uh, why not release a few shorter episodes? So, this week... Uh, with the unoriginal but begging to be used titular parody on the classic Star Trek episode, The Trouble with the Triples, we're talking trilobites. I have a trilobite. Um, it was a gift from my brother, um, you know, the co-host of the podcast. Uh, he got it at a rock convention, which, if you're wondering, um, I'm not joking, that definitely is a thing, and he likes to go. Rock conventions. Um Evidently, at rock conventions, you can get fossils and stuff, too. He picked up a trilobite, sent it my way. Now I've got one. You've probably seen one before. In fact, I'd almost guarantee it. They're incredibly common, like for sale at the museum gift shop right next to a bunch of ammonites common. There's a reason for that. Despite the fact that the planet hasn't seen a living trilobite since the end Permian extinction about 250 million years ago, more on that in a moment, these Pokemon-esque creatures were once the most common and diverse animals on the planet. 20,000 species in over 60 different families. There was even one, no joke, named Han Solo. Some had eye stalks like Gary the Snail. Some looked more like a horseshoe crab than anything else. Despite holding such a coveted spot on the shelves of the History of Life Hall of Fame, their success really peaked around the end of the period in which they first arose. Meaning that, despite roaming the ocean floor around the globe for nearly 300 million years, their golden years really only lasted about eh, from 540 million years ago to 500 million years ago. Still, 40 million years as top dog ain't bad. Their evolutionary arrival on Earth came about in a period of time called the Cambrian Explosion, when multicellular life diversified rapidly, relatively speaking, or at least an explosion in diversity of hard-bodied animals that fossilized well, it, it's hard to say. We weren't really there, after all. What led to such an explosion? A lot of things. A richly oxygenated atmosphere, warm temperatures, high sea levels, you name it. Either way you look at it, the fossil record evidence indicates that new creatures branched and speciated at unprecedented rates. But where did they live? What did they do when... What in the fossil are they? The fossil record hold the fossil record holds some answers. Trilobites had a global expanse. Their fossils have been found on every continent. They were arthropods, and like all other arthropods, were spineless critters with an exoskeleton, a segmented body. Trilobite actually means three lobes, after all, except those three refer not to the head, thorax, and tail, but to the three distinct side-to-side -side lines running vertically on the body. And they had paired jointed appendages. Arthropoda is a phylum, the classification level just below kingdom, so it encompasses a ton of life, including arachnids, insects, and crustaceans. They account for nearly 1 million of the estimated 8.7 million, with over 90% of those being insects. Trilobites were more akin to crustaceans, like the horseshoe crab I mentioned earlier. As such, these creatures dotted the ocean floor. Masters of niche acquisition, different species ate different things. Some ate algae, others ate worms. Earlier species fell more into the latter category as predator scavengers, while later species were more commonly particle feeders. 
Most trilobites had eyes, though some were blind. Many had complex compound eyes with a wide range of vision. Not always well preserved, trilobites also had a variety of spines and other surface structures to aid in underwater sensory. They had many little legs under their armor-plated bodies and even had complex digestive systems. Like modern crustaceans, trilobites molted as their body outgrew their skeleton. In fact, a likely majority of their fossils are actually just the empty casings left behind. The largest fossil ever found was nearly 28 inches long and belonged to the species Isotelus rex, but they range in between all the way down to just a few millimeters. Tracks of their movement have been fossilized, some lending evidence to their diet, some converging on and stopping at worm hidey holes. Imagine being a worm and peeking out of your front door and seeing a scuttling mass of trilobites inching towards you. Yikes. <laughs> if ever the tables turned, which, side note, every time I hear or write that phrase I immediately think of Michael Scott's my how the turntables moment on The Office and I kind of can't help it. Uh, but anyway, uh, the tables did turn frequently. Uh, the Permian is when Earth really first saw the rise of predation as a thing. Trilobites, some at least, could roll themselves up like a roly-poly, or a pill bug or potato bug or whatever you call it in your area of the country. We know this because, you guessed it, fossils. Some have even been found crushed or with bite marks from the jawed fish who were coming into the scene. In fact, in the Devonian, my favorite because my name is in it, that fossil record is when we begin to see more drastically spiky trilobites. Surely, those were adaptations to protect them from this new threat from above and make them more difficult to swallow. However, no amount of armadilloing could protect them from the great dying. A mass extinction 250 million years ago that wiped out over 70% of land species, 95% of those in the ocean, and every single trilobite. Most haven't heard of that extinction event. Everyone's favorite, which we'll be covering in a two-parter season finale of the season two podcast, uh, is that of the dinosaurs. That one gets all the attention. According to a 2018 study, this extinction, the great dying, occurred in a geological instant, with organisms dying in mass. What exactly caused it? Well, there are a lot of theories. The leading hypothesis is that a massive series of volcanic eruptions covered part of what is now Siberia with over 4 million cubic kilometers of lava. This released huge amounts of sulfur dioxide and carbon dioxide into the air, and apparently burned immense amounts of coal, heating the atmosphere and acidifying the oceans. Other theories relate to an impact, or death by change in climate due to microbial life. This was hardly the first of Mother Nature's attempts at assassinating these little creatures. For example, in the Ordovician period, there, were, there was drastic cooling of the earth, which diminished algae and other food sources, followed by glaciation and drop in sea levels. This was just another major extinction event for the planet long before the Great Dying, known as the Ordovician-Silurian Extinction. It saw the elimination of roughly a quarter of life and half of trilobite families. Again, in the late Devonian, massive carboniferous sediments covered the ocean floor, and the oxygen levels began to drop significantly. This had a massive cascading effect on the ecosystems around the globe, and nearly wiped out every trilobite. Only four families survived. Not like four families like mom, pop, and the kids, but, you know, biological classification families. Despite their eventual demise, the story of the trilobites is a story of survival and perseverance, much of which can be read like ancient hieroglyphs from the very earth they once ruled. Thank you for listening. I'm Devin Boker, and this has been The Wildlife. For sources, 
check out the blog version of the uh, Trouble with Trilobites on the wildlife.blog. And remember, the wildlife is listener, reader, and viewer supported. If you'd like to help chip in, you can visit patreon.com slash thewildlife, where becoming a patron will get you exclusive access to content, different rewards, and uh, bragging rights. I don't know what you're really bragging about, but, you know, you could brag to someone. Maybe they won't care, but you're still bragging. And you might feel good about it. Who knows? Anyway, you can support us at patreon.com slash thewildlife.